Welcome to Dog Talk and Kitties 2. This episode features one of the three guests on my hour-long NPR show, heard every Sunday on WLIW-FM 88.3, the only NPR station on Long Island, where it has broadcast continuously for 14 years. I'm Tracy Hotchner. I wrote the Dog Bible, Everything Your Dog Wants You to Know, as well as the Cat Bible, Everything Your Cat Expects You to Know, because I care about people who care about cats, dogs, and other creatures who share our planet. I'm also the founder and director of the New York Dog Film Festival and the New York Cat Film Festival, which travel America and Canada supporting local animal welfare groups. I could not bring you this show without the support of Dr. Elsie's, the privately owned litter and cat food company founded by Dr. Elsie, a feline-only veterinarian who's created a variety of litters to please any cat, as well as inventing clean protein cat foods based on the protein found in cats' natural prey. This show is also made possible with the generous sponsorship of Waruva, the family-owned foreman pet food company named after their rescued kitties, Webster, Rudy, and Vanessa, where all their recipes in cans and pouches are human edible because they're made in a human food facility. Good enough for you to eat, but your cats won't appreciate that. I learned about a really interesting nonprofit crowdfunding platform on the internet. I wasn't sure exactly how it worked, but I was very happy to get a chance to talk to Stephen Mornelli, who is the founder and CEO of Waggle. Stephen, welcome to the show, and congratulations on what at least I've been told in an email by your fan base, not really the people that work with you, is hugely successful. But I would like to understand how you became a nonprofit crowdfunding platform, which I guess is sort of like Kickstarter or GoFundMe, but different. Am I right? Or is it some a completely different animal, so to speak? Well, thank you, uh, Tracy, for having me on the call. I'm really pleased to be here. And, uh, uh, and yes, I'm happy to share how we got started and the need for Waggle and how we differentiate ourselves from other crowdfunding platforms, like many of your, your listeners are going to be familiar with the GoFundMes of the world. Yep. But the very big difference is, and the reason we started Waggle, is that we want donors to know where their money goes. I had come out of the financial services industry, and time and again, we saw the shenanigans that are going on out there. And I, I'm sure that you and many of your readers have picked up a newspaper or read an article only to find that some crowd funding a uh, website or dollars went to a place to pay for someone's house or their car and yep. the money didn't go where it was intended. And we wanted to change that dynamic. In our case, we send that money directly to those veterinary hospitals on behalf of these people and the pets that need that money most. So the donors is trust and transparency uh, for everyone involved. And I think that makes all the difference. I think what's really important, Stephen, is I am often hit with, and I'm sure many pet lovers are who spend any amount of time on the internet, requests for, oh, this poor little dog, and it, you know, sad story, the side of the road, thrown out of the window. It, I mean, the sadder the story, the more they need your money to fix this broken pet, and it's going to be wildly expensive. And my first thought always is, okay, is this going to be a good outcome for the pet? Is whatever you're going to have to put this dog or cat through worth the pain, suffering, and are you going to get a good outcome for the animal's point of view? And secondly, and this is a kind of second-order philosophical question, is it better to spend $8,000 
on one 12-year-old poodle mix rather than save, pick a number, 1,200 animals by, or 12,000 animals by spending that money to get them to places where they can be adopted. So that's a second order question. But the first order question is, how do you as Waggle, because you want to be transparent and you want to make sure uh, there really is an animal in need, A, and B, that the money goes directly to quality veterinary care that's going to get a good outcome. How do you vet that? Well, I mean, that you hit the nail on the head, right? So nowadays there's so many channels for people to go out and uh, start a campaign on Facebook or some other website. And those of us in the public, like your listeners, that want to help and get involved, they all ask the same question. Is this person legitimate? Are they raising funds from a lot of different places and raising more money than might yes. be needed for the cost yes. of care? Is that money going to the veterinary hospital? Or are they paying the rent? Absolutely. That's the trust and transparency uh, that I'm so glad you asked the question because it gives me a it gives me this warm feeling. I say, you know what, we did the right thing here. Only Waggle is doing this at scale, um, but making sure that money goes where it's intended. And how do we do that? In every single case, Tracy, we request an invoice from that veterinary hospital. We see the treatment. We know who the administrator is. We know that it's a boots on the ground. It's a real organization and a real place. We call, we verify, we do checks and balances, we look at that invoice, and every single case, we only send that money after it's been verified. It's a really important concept. No one's doing this, uh, you know, in our case, across a 1,000 hospitals nationally. We grew organic for that very reason. So first and foremost, we want to make sure it's a, it's a, a valid pet. People aren't raising more money than's needed. And, and by requesting that invoice, that hospital... Uh, you know, they're not sending that invoice to 10 different people. They get paid once and right. not overfunding. So uh, it, it's an incredibly most important part of what we do around transparency. And then we also send that donor up an update back to the donor, I should say, so you can see that the impact that you made. And it's not just about, um, you know, feeling great and, the, and uh, warmth associated with that. That's absolutely critical. But we want people to know that their hard-earned money went to the right place. And that their good Samaritan instinct wasn't, uh, they weren't hoodwinked. I mean, I think there's, there's, Absolutely. there can be bitterness about that. And someone who just wants to even give $10 here, $25 there, and likes the idea of sprinkling it, you know, sprinkling fairy dust of generosity, they might just dry up and not give any if they find out, as I have seen, uh, I don't know if they're, I don't know really the difference between a Kickstarter and a GoFundMe, but you can, speak to that in a second because you're from the financial sector. I guess Kickstarter is to start to to make a movie or build a product or I don't know. There's also things I've read about people wanting other people to pay for their honeymoon, which I just find kind of vaguely revolting. But that's, I guess, a third order of question. Why would strangers give other people money to go have a good time? We're talking about <laughs> medical need and animals in suffering. And I think a lot of your focus is on owned pets and the people who own them facing medical situations that are simply ruinous financially, and they either have the choice, well, right? Yeah, you're right, Tracy. But keep in mind that, you know, you mentioned these other websites. And think about, think about GoFundMe for a second. What is their mission? And I've asked this question to a lot of people, and there's a head scratching. It's like, well, we're helping people in need. But it's not about pets. 
it's not necessarily about pets. It's not about human health care. It's not about saving the environment. They're doing everything or trying to do everything for everybody across you know, all different dimensions. And they're not trying to solve the root problem. It's just a transfer mechanism of taking money from one group of people and giving to another. And we hope right. it's going in the right place, right? right. But no one really knows in the end. We hope that it does. And that's, a, that's the key here. But it, in the end, you want to solve this problem of economic euthanasia. And I should have started there by saying that there's nearly one million pets that are put down every single year, Tracy, because people can't write, in many cases, a very small check. Think about that. And that's why I started Waggle. Think about if you have to pick up your 15-pound dog or cat and hand that, 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 that little animal across the table and never see it again because you can't write maybe a $200 check. That's the purpose behind Waggle is stepping in as a last resort in, in a transparent way to help these people keep these pets for the rest of their lives and so they can have good, healthy lives. Um, we are trying to solve, and, and that's a bigger part of mission I want to talk about, Waggle's mission I want to talk about. It's not just helping the people in need. It's how do we get at the root, course, root cause here? And that can become in many ways through spay and neutral, spaying and neutral and, and, and other paths. But we want to shed a light on uh, economic euthanasia. This problem exists. I, I can't tell you how many times I hear from people who say, I didn't know that this problem was this widespread. And so we're here as part of our mission to shed light on this, to help solve the problem, and then, of course, help the people, each individual in need. Well, I'll play devil's advocate and say, okay, somebody is so economically stressed, whether it's a lifestyle and they've always lived paycheck to paycheck or they don't even have a steady paycheck, or because of brand new circumstances in their life, and they can't pay a $200 check to get the animal out of the animal hospital. Those of us who go to animal hospitals think, well, that would be the cheapest day I ever left the animal hospital. But again, a, a side issue, you know, how costly veterinary care is, much of it going to lab costs and uh, equipment costs. The vets aren't any richer than they were 10 years ago. They just have more overhead and more costs themselves. You give that person the $200, and then the question is, how does that person get identified in time for the animal not to be put to sleep? And then what? I mean, they still don't have the money to do what? Feed the animal properly, take care of it properly, get it back to the vet another time? That must be one of the concerns. If people are that up against the wall financially, that they can't afford that one vet bill, how do they go on and continue to have, as you said, this excellent, happy, healthy life with that pet? You, you have you not just put well, a cork you know, in the in the <laughs> dam? You know, you know, one of the, one of my my mentors long ago said, you know, you you can only solve the problems that you you can personally handle, right? You focus in on those areas where you know you can make a difference. Yes. In our case, we at that moment in time. We know that someone found themselves in distress. I can't tell you the number of stories where people said, you know, I never thought I would borrow any money from a friend or certainly from a stranger. And my God, we've had people on here that were so over, over the moon that someone stepped in. They didn't know. We see it every single day. You could be in Florida and somebody from Illinois stepped in, you know, with, with a $10 or $20 donation and they saved that pet. People they didn't know. They want to help humanity. They wanted to help these people that uh, through no fault of their own in many cases, um, you know, found themselves in the situation. And it could be many of your listeners at one point in their life were in that same situation. So we're here to bridge that gap. Um, yes, there's always going to be other issues. And, uh, you know, hopefully we transcend that and we want to make the biggest difference uh, in a way that just others aren't doing. 
So how do you identify this person? They're standing there. They don't have a checkbook. There's no money in the account. Does the vet, one of the 1,000 vet practices that you're in relationship with, contact you in that moment, in a crisis moment? It's a variety of ways. That's what I'm so pleased of how we grew organically. And it started by going out and visiting these hospitals and talking to the veterinarians, talking to rescues and shelters. I want to point that out is we also serve not only own pets, but uh, you know, we have about seven or seven to 800 rescues and shelters nationally and growing very quickly that we help uh, every single day. It's a big part of what we do. A lot of, uh, a lot of donors say, you know what, I, I want to help my, my local rescue and shelter or help any rescue. Um, so that's a whole part of what we do. Um, but to answer your question, we grew organically. It started here in New England. It started by visiting a, a large uh, referral in veterinary hospitals. But a strange thing happened. The veterinary hospital started to say to their rescues, hey, we'd love to see you on, on uh, Waggle, because ultimately they know the funding is going to go directly to them in a safe way. Um, but then others started to step in. Social media influencers, uh, media personalities like yourself started to bring our messaging forward and awareness to let people know that we're out there as a resource. And yes, in many cases, when someone is at that hospital and they're presented a bill that they know they can't pay, um, Waggle's often presented to them as an option. Now, it does take time to, to raise crowdfunding. Many of our hospitals know we're there as a last resort and we're going to stand, uh, stand by. Um, sometimes there is a timing issue, but ultimately we're finding that through word of mouth, people are veterinary hospitals, rescues the general public, influencers, and, and so forth. Uh, are letting letting the, the larger community know that there are organizations like ours out there to help. So if somebody gives $25 to Waggle, does it go into the kitty, so to speak, and then when there's an emergency that comes up, you have X dollars in there that you can distribute, or they can only give money towards a specific pet in need? That's a fantastic question. So one of the big differences between Waggle and, uh, you know, and I'll say it, ASPCA or many of the large organizations with them are all familiar, that money does go into a general fund and then it's distributed uh, out into the general public. We do things a little differently. We want people at a grassroots level to see the impact on that individual uh, pet that captures their attention. There's a couple different ways here. So if you go to waggle.org, and I, and I, I definitely um, want to point to your listeners that it's uh, we are a nonprofit and a foundation. We do have a .org address, or so waggle.org. When you go out there, you'll see uh, all different types of pets, dogs and cats today. We're going to be adding horses and other species, rabbits. Um, but you can see that uh, individual cat or dog today uh, that you might want to make a contribution to is for as little as $10. And here's the exciting part. You'll, you'll see that money applied instantaneously. And in many cases, and we'll talk about sponsors next and how we bring in corporates and how we really get at solving the problem that is economic euthanasia and a million pets every year, uh, you'll see that those dollars immediately be applied to that campaign. And in many cases, a matching contribution from, from one of our many sponsors that include celebrities like Miranda Lambert, and her fantastic organization, Mutt Nation. You'll see Eli's Fund and uh, um, Animal Rescue Site, Greater Good Charities have been a partner of ours. 
and there are many more corporates and foundations. Maddie's Fund's a great example that we can apply these matching grants in real time. We'll see that $1 turn into $2, and that $2 goes directly to that veterinary hospital. I think it's the, the most exciting part about our technology platform, and I, and I will add one additional element to that. Very important part what we do is our forever fund. Again, as little as $10 a month. Uh, um, one of your, any or many of your listeners can subscribe to us and see that money being put to work in general. So in that case, we will take that money and we'll apply it to uh, one of many pets out there. Because in many, in some cases, people don't want to have to choose. So we provide that option to support what we do, support our mission. Well, it's interesting because years ago on this show, when it was a live show, Dog Talking Kitties 2, and somebody, I, I was made aware of, of a woman who had some money, and I think she was ill herself, and she wanted to spend the money on exactly what you're talking about, helping individual pets in need. And somebody had called in that had, I remember distinctly, a golden retriever with a medical problem, and she had to go from Long Island into New York to the Animal Medical Center, which is the only nonprofit teaching hospital, veterinary hospital in the country. And somehow an amount of $1,000 was come upon, and we're talking 30 years ago. It was a lot of money. And unfortunately, it didn't have the checks and balances that you're talking about. And we only have another minute to talk. But this woman was giving the money away in good faith to people asking for it in good faith. I was just the, the bologna in the sandwich. I was just a conduit. Here's a person in need. You know, I figured she was going to check it out. And the woman never got to the animal medical center because she had a problem with her car. So she spent the money buying a truck. And the woman who was giving the money away never spoke to me again. I tried to say, I didn't know this lady with the golden retriever. I'm just passing it along. She was livid, furious. I don't know what she completely ghosted me. But I thought, this is dangerous, you know, you, to give money to people who are in economic despair and ask them to spend it on the thing they've asked. Well, it's kind of tempting. There's this other thing that seems right. kind of urgent to them, too. So just in conclusion, because we have run out of time, Waggle is obviously doing the opposite of that and allowing this money to flow exactly where it needs to flow for the reason that it needs to flow. Steve Mornelli, thank you so much for being here and for having this unique idea and for getting it to this point where it's flourishing. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. There are a few more special companies that make this show possible. I hope you will support their products because they stand behind my mission, which is to educate and inspire while entertaining. Earth Animal, which is privately owned by Dr. Bob and Susan Goldstein, creates holistic pet wellness products with an emphasis on their stewardship of the Pet Sustainability Coalition. They make many non-chemical products for the inside and outside of your pets, as well as innovative foods like No Hide and the Hybrid Dry Food Wisdom, which sometimes is all that my Blue Weimer runner Maisie will eat. My other sponsor is Cradle which makes CBD calming products to reduce stress for dogs using broad-spectrum CBD from U.S.-grown hemp, formulated with a proprietary blend of nutraceutical ingredients. My Wanda Weimaraner couldn't get through thunderstorms without their cradle melts. And I'm grateful to Evermore Pet Food, which is privately owned by two extraordinary women who cook dog food from the most pristine human edible ingredients and ship it to your door in frozen pouches. It is higher quality and more ethically sourced than my own food. Thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this one guest version of Dog Talk and Kitties 2, and we'll listen to other episodes sometime soon.